This is Total Retail Tech Insights. The content retail executives need to optimize their use of technology throughout their organizations. Hello and welcome to this episode of Total Retail Tech Insights. I'm Joe Keenan, Editor-in-Chief of Total Retail. I am joined on today's episode by Fiona Stevens, the Head of Marketing at Loyalty Lion. Fiona and I will be discussing uh, the work that Loyalty Lion does in the retail space and the services it offers and how it can help uh, those retail executives in our audience. So thanks for joining me today, Fiona. Not at all. Thank you so much for having me. Joe, just to get us started, can you give us a a brief overview of um, the work that Loyalty Lion does and and then secondarily, uh, a little bit about your role at the company? Absolutely, yeah. So um, Loyalty Lion is a data-driven loyalty and engagement platform. We work with fast-growth merchants around the world who are looking to sort of differentiate and and compete and retain their customers in what we often call the age of Amazon. Um, In terms of my role, I'm head of marketing. I've been with the company for four years. Um, Before that, I've worked in marketing for various agencies and SaaS businesses for coming up to 15 years, which is a bit scary. Um, But I've been specialized in e-commerce and loyalty since around 2013 and it's just been so interesting watching that space uh, develop and change over that time and in terms of my role at loyalty line it it covers a lot of different things and a lot of different areas of marketing which is great because that means I can stay close to the marketing that our customers are doing as well yeah and certainly the evolution in the industry um, even you know it was it was moving quickly pre-pandemic obviously uh greatly accelerated in the last couple of years. So uh, certainly an industry, an interesting space to be in. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, what you term uh, at Loyalty Lion as the opt-out error. And, you know, what you mean, first, what you mean by that. And two, why e-commerce brands need to be aware of it. Absolutely. I, I mean, this is one of my favorite topics for discussion at the moment. And I think it's, um, you know, it's a tough time for marketers in in a space where actually consumers are starting to opt out a lot more. So uh, in terms of background and why we've started to call, call it this, I think since since really the way back in the 90s, uh, we had the inception of cookies and then we just saw this explosive growth of digital ad channels, things like Facebook, Instagram. Now we've got TikTok advertising as well. You know, we've been living in a bit of a golden age of marketing and we've had a lot of very affordable, quite effective digital marketing activities and channels at our fingertips. But most importantly, each of those channels has given us a lot of data that we could use across all of our marketing. I think it was um, Colin Lewis, who is a journalist over here in the UK for Marketing Week, a retail publication. Um, And he said that, I think it was around about 2018, he said there's never been a better time to work in marketing in terms of opportunity. But today, with things like GDPR over in Europe, the iOS updates coming in, and we've got the cookie apocalypse coming um, in 2023, I think now, that steady stream of data that we've been using for everything from personalizing emails with simple first name, et cetera, to cart abandonment emails, that data source is unfortunately drying up now. Consumers are starting to opt out of sharing their data. It's becoming easier than it ever has been for them to do that opt out. You know, even I click ask not to track on um, on my phone quite regularly, purely because it's normally I actually am not even sure which one I've ticked. I just want the notification to go away. Right. Um, 
so I mean this is a huge problem and it means that retailers will actually no longer have what they need to retain new customers that they're bringing in through the door so in, de- in terms of your second question you know why do you need to be aware of it you really need to be on top of it because you're going to need to find new ways to motivate your customers to share their data and actually for you to demonstrate to them that it's worth their while sharing it as well. There are a couple of factors at play, in my opinion, I want to kind of get your perspective, Fiona, you know, as we talk about this dynamic of, you know, consumers uh, being more aware of how their data is used. And obviously, um, you know, the privacy piece of the conversation, we have that. And then obviously what's been born out of that is some of the legislation that we've seen, GDPR um, here in the States, the California Consumer Privacy Act. Some of this legislation has come into play. But conversely, consumers still want that personalized experience. They, you know, they want the relevant communications from the brands and retailers that they shop with. So getting to that point with, you know, and taking into consideration the privacy regulations and and considerations of your customers, balancing that and doing that well is, is a challenge. Tell us, you know, from your perspective, what you're seeing in terms of the consumer, and then obviously some of the legislation that's come into play. I mean, you're 100% right. It's the ultimate uh, contradiction in terms, isn't it? You've got all this legislation and all these changes coming through, which are driven by, they're driven by the organizations, but, you know, they're also driven by consumers wanting uh, to know that their data is being used responsibly, wanting to know that they can share it um, and trust the brands that they're sharing it with. But then on the flip side of that, you're exactly right. We've got consumers who are more demanding than they've ever been before. We want people to recognize us when we land on a, um, a website in the same way that they used to recognize somebody who walked through the door of a shop who shops yeah. there really regularly, you know, and um, it, it's really interesting to see that we, we're demanding both as consumers and the two do not really go hand in hand. Um, and and I, I think that's why, you know, focusing on on retention is is so important because it's about building a relationship now. It's not about trying to get a customer through the door to make a purchase. It's about making sure that they come back to make a second purchase and a third purchase, and they build up enough of a long-term relationship with you. They see how you care about the same things and they're aligned with you in terms of values and things like that. So that they do just keep, they keep coming back and they trust you. And then that, you know, that sharing becomes a wonderful self-fulfilling prophecy because you are able to personalize the experiences which keep them coming back but also are really valuable for those consumers as well. So taking that and we've talked a little bit Fiona about the uh, you know the current reality of for marketers in terms of the uh, privacy legislation but also the demand for for personalization as well. Um, we talked about the opt-out error and you know what that why brands should be paying attention to it and um, we didn't really discuss a little bit about what's the danger for e-commerce brands in this, in this opt-out era um, that aren't considering it. So tell us a little bit about the threats that are involved or the, the challenges that are involved for e-commerce brands now. Yeah, of course. I, I think the really big danger is actually that you'll stall your growth. So we, we've seen, um, we've alluded to it already, we, we've seen e-commerce absolutely uh, boom over the last couple of years. You know, we had um, a long period of time where people only could shop online, they couldn't shop offline. So there's been this enormous period of growth. You've got more people available for your customer base than you ever have before, but there's the potential to wind up in a situation that's actually very reminiscent of offline retail in the past, where you're 
with you know the rising cost of acquisition channels, you're going to be paying over the odds to acquire footfall, but you're not going to have a way of identifying who's actually coming into your store or hitting your website and then staying in touch with those customers over time. So you're going to be caught in a really vicious cycle of topping up the top of your funnel, but being unable to build the relationships that you need to get that second purchase and then a third, and then ultimately ultimately build up your customer lifetime value. You're also going to be switching off an, a potential acquisition channel. You know, if you've got customers who are very satisfied and you're building a great relationship with, they will go on to refer others or to leave you reviews, et cetera. And if you, if you don't have that, then you're, you're turning off an acquisition channel that you could be making the most of. So I think realistically, yeah, the, the biggest danger here is that you'll stall your growth in a period where a lot of other e-commerce brands are going to keep on booming. Yeah. And, and to your point, the economics of it is, you know, for many retailers and brands that that first time customer online, they're not profitable. The brand isn't, you know, that customer isn't profitable for the brand yet because of the rising acquisition costs. So they Mm -hmm. need them to come back and purchase again and again, build that lifetime value before that customer is profitable for the retailer, Um, which leads us into the loyalty conversation. Um, (laughs) So tell us a little bit about um, you know, you know why then loyalty programs become so critical to future uh, growth opportunities for retailers and brands, and um, and then how you can kind of turn things around in this opt-out era, so that danger of of you know not getting that second that second purchase and not getting that word of mouth conversation um, doesn't become a reality. Yeah, I, I think it's exactly exactly what you just um, pointed out. You know, your your first time purchaser is nothing like as valuable to you as somebody who comes back and spends again, not just because you're getting that second or third purchase, but actually because each time a customer comes back and shops with you, their average order value tends to increase as well. So, you know, that customer lifetime value piece is, is just absolutely essential, but your, your existing customers really are the answer here. So it's not even necessarily about a loads program and points and rewards and things like that, but it is about making sure that you know who your most valuable customers are. And we call it your insider community here at Loyalty Line. You know, those people that um, do repeat purchase, but also talk about you, follow you on social media, share your news when you have it, et cetera. And if you can identify those most valuable customers and make it worth their while to share their data with you, you're going to keep them coming back and shopping again and again, because they're going to respond really well to all those personalized experiences that you're going to be able to deliver when they share their data. And we, we know from our research that um, over 50% of a, a typical store's revenue is coming from that top 20% insider community. So it really does make a lot of sense to, to focus there. So I think, um, yeah, communicating the value of sharing data to your insider community and making sure that they know that you're going to use it sensibly, you're going to use it responsibly and in a way that benefits them is really interesting. And actually the ways that we're seeing people use their Lords programs to collect data is becoming very interesting in the last sort of year as well. Yeah, and I wanted to follow up that you, you've kind of hit on something that I wanted to address. Obviously we talked about the customer lifetime value and um, how that's so critical, but also that data piece um, equally is important um, for retailers, you know, around, as you call it, the insider uh, program at, at, uh, at Loyalty Lion. Um, so that you're able to personalize future experiences, you're creating that personalized um, 
you know, hassle-free uh, shopping experience that, you know, the, the consumer feels that the customer, I mean, rather the retailer knows them, giving them what they want. Uh, it builds that loyalty as well. Mm, absolutely. And um, as I said, we're, we're seeing people do it in really interesting ways. So we've got a, um, a pet brand, for example, and when you join the loyalty program, you fill in a profile about your pet. So, um, you know, what what breed of dog, does it have any medical requirements, etc. And then they're using that, they're feeding that into their ESP and personalizing email banners and things based on the breed of dog that you have. And you you can do very similar things in the hair care space, for example, you know, you can send when people create a profile, you can ask them, do you have wavy hair or curly hair? Do you have dry hair or oily hair? And then you can start personalizing the experiences that you deliver. in that respect as well so again it it comes back to that value exchange if you show if you deliver a personalized experience using someone's data they know that it's worth sharing it with you and that there's a good reason to do so and you're going to use it sensibly yeah and i think that applies across a lot of more categories as well you think about for apparel size and fit you know, makeup's another great one an example of kind of getting the right shade of makeup depending on you know and how it fits your skin and or uh, applies to your skin and your particular skin uh tone and um, so there's some really great examples there are and i think sort of the, the biggest missed opportunity and this i'm slightly biased on this because a lot of my background is content marketing but what i'd love to see people doing is connecting that piece of the puzzle and that loads program piece with their content for example so you know, people are putting great to-do videos and how-to guides and things out there, but they rarely connect it up with that loyalty profile. So, you know, you could be giving your loyalty program members exclusive content that not everybody gets that links directly back to information that they've given you um, as part of that loyalty profile. But it's quite rare that you get a content marketer who knows what's going on in the loyalty program and vice versa. <laughs> so yeah, I, that, I, <laughs> the, the collaboration <laughs> that needs to, you know, I think you raise a good point. It's um, sometimes these programs and departments, they sit and exist in silos and there's not really that collaboration that needs to be happening in order to create that seamless experience so that ultimately you're, you're laddering up you know, value to the consumer, to your loyalty member by, by having that kind of conversation. Definitely. And it just, I, I think we underestimate how much a loyalty program can impact on the other marketing that you're doing as well. You know, it's, it's literally a way of getting customer data that you can then use to personalize things. So every marketer in your team should know what data is available and where they can use it. You know, which, which tools can you deploy that, that data and insight through so that you can use it in SMS in emails in your help desk, et cetera. I think there's a lot of missed opportunity out there. So we talked about customers being a little bit more selective about the brands that they're sharing their data with. Um, they want to be have that trust of the, of the retailer or brand that they're going to uh, be sharing their data with. So with that in mind, what are some of the ways that retailers should build trust with their insider community so that consumers and customers want to share their uh, zero party data? Yeah, as I said, it's about value exchange, isn't it? So showing them that they'll get something in return, but also making it really easy for them. So, you know, they don't have to work really hard to get that personalized experience. And we always tell merchants to just start by rewarding even the simplest of behaviors. So it might be that you give points for account creation or for following on social media or for a customer who shares their birthday. You know, if a customer sees that they'll get points that they can redeem if they 
tell you what their birthday is but then their birthday comes around and they get a personalized birthday reward they'll start to see that you're only using their data for their benefit so I think um you know that's an approach that you can then really develop and adapt and you can start thinking about things like experiential rewards early access to sales for example for that insider community and then again they can just see that the more they engage and the more they complete these profiles or um or take actions in share data in return for points etc the more they're going to get um in return and I think the other thing that's really important with this insider community that we're talking about is you know you have an opportunity to show that you align with their values and that's the thing that builds trust so you know we're very much living in a time where shoppers are making decisions based on their beliefs not just on product and not just on price if you are a vegetarian you want to shop with a brand that supports that if you um if you know if you absolutely love animals and you want to make sure that the brands that you're buying for are not doing any testing on animals all that that's a slightly outdated example but you know people are making decisions based on their values so you know you can really be using your loyalty program to better communicate those values um we've got people who are um, to go back to the, the dog feed example, um, in return for, you can exchange your points in return for a donation to a dog shelter, you know, buy a dog dinner. Um, we've got brands who are giving points for recycling makeup packaging, things like that. And I think it's it, it sounds like a separate point, but actually the more you can be doing to show your insider community that you care about the same things, the more you're building up that trust and the more they're going to feel comfortable sharing their information with you. Yeah, I think that that last point, sharing their information with you, but also the more that you're in, the, you know, from your background in content marketing, um, a, a better experience, I should say, that they're having with your brand, the more willing they're going to be to share that with their family and friends, whether it's, you know, just word of mouth conversation, social media, obviously. So they're kind of doing some of that marketing work for you, your insider community, because they're getting great experiences. They're having these fantastic um, shopping experiences and they want to tell others about it. So you're getting that organic social coverage as well. A hundred percent. I think the more, yeah, the more you can make your customers feel part of your brand, the more they're going to talk about you. And actually there's the same, even on that point of making people feel involved, you, we've seen brands who are part their top tier loyalty programs can actually vote on products. They can be part of focus groups, et cetera. And I think when you start to include people in your brand and your product direction they're locked in more and more and more and they'll talk about it more and then you know that's how you extend your reach without having to pay a lot more to do just more of your day-to-day product advertising on Facebook or Instagram yep your customer base is your greatest asset you know and a lot of times if you can get them working for you for your (laughs) brand the best even the better right um Absolutely. And also, if you, you know, if you're running, a lot of brands are running influencer strategies now. And I think um, there's a lot of room to get those influencers talking about your loyalty program and, and the great things you're doing there as well, as well as just talking about your products. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you make a great point about kind of the social responsibility that factors into consumers buying decisions now. They want to align with brands, not only the trust with their data, but to your point, align with the values um, that a consumer might have. Mm, absolutely yeah so some of the brands and retailers in our audience may be a little further along than others when it comes to the kind of this loyalty journey and and building their their community and building the right experiences for that loyalty community 
What are some of the first steps uh, that retailers can take or should take when focusing on engaging their, their insider community, their loyalty program community, especially in this era of this opt-out um, times that we've seen? Yeah, I think um, it's very similar to almost every other marketing initiative that you would look at, really. I think the first thing you need to do is, is step back and take a real audit. You know, what marketing activity are you running? What channels are you running it on? And what technology are you using? And then it's about working, see how you can use that technology together so that you can drive those personalized experiences. So if you're collecting customer data or if your loyalty program is giving you uh, loyalty insights into how valuable a customer is, for example, then are you able to pass those data points into your ESP or into your SMS program? Um, is your loyalty program actually connected to your reviews platform? So you can incentivize that really good user-generated content. You know, I think if you can take a step back, look at your tech stack, look at your marketing channels and and see how they're working together, then you can see how you're going to A, drive much better return from every single one of those channels or, or tactics, but B, you're going to find it easier to deliver personalized experiences to that insider community. And I think uh, the other sort of the key step is this, this needs an owner. You know, too often we see loads of programs, they get set up and then they run in the background and nobody really is taking responsibility for that much wider piece around retention and around building that insider community. So you really need somebody, it doesn't have to be a full-time job, it can be a, a part of a role that's carved out, but you, you definitely need someone to really own retention, to be focused on those KPIs and, and to have a bit of a vision of how your insider community is actually going to drive that growth for your company over time. I think they're the two things I would start with. Yeah, and then, and then constant monitoring of those. You, you know, you establish what the metrics are that are important to your program. You're monitoring them, and then you're able to optimize on ones that you see are opportunities for growth. Um, there could be identified weak, you know, weaknesses that are also identified that where more effort needs to be placed. But kind of that that observation point, and then refining based upon what you're seeing. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that optimization will look very different for different businesses. There yeah. are lots of people out there who are focused on community. Um, you know, they, they've got they've got enough customers coming through the door. They've got um, they've got the acquisition piece, but they don't have the retention piece. And that's what they're looking to grow. But you might have others who actually really want to focus on driving acquisition through that community. Um, so yeah, knowing knowing what you're trying to achieve and then then monitoring yeah. the KPIs. Or it could be, you know, building out those meaningful experiences that can suit you. Know, what what do your customers want from a from an, a, an effective loyalty program? You know, it depends upon the brand. Obviously, that's another factor that you know you have to do that research in advance. Learn what your customers really want. Oh, definitely. And I'm I'm actually it's really interesting watching loyalty in the luxury space at the moment. You know, that's it's not a highly if we take a a two thousand dollar handbag, it's not a highly repeat purchase. Um, product necessarily but loyalty businesses are starting to, sorry luxury businesses are starting to realize that they need to keep their customers engaged in between purchases as well they need to be storytelling they need to be constantly putting out um marketing and, and comms and content that that keeps their brand top of mind in between handbag purchases as well and um so yeah i think the the types of rewards and the types of loyalty programs that you can run vary so much depending on what your product is, what market it's appealing to, and how the frequency of purchase there. Yeah, that's a great point. 
Um, so I want to close by, um, Fiona, for those in our audience that are uh, enjoying this conversation, want to learn a little bit more about Loyalty Lion, the services it offers, and how it can kind of um, optimize the insider community programs for retailers and brands, what advice would you have for them? Where can you send them? Yeah, absolutely. And um, so best thing is probably to head to loyaltyline.com, but also I'd recommend following us on uh, LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter for sort of webinars and content as well. And then um, we're, we're quite close to launching our new and improved Loyalty Academy in the next few weeks too. So um, if you follow us on any of our social channels, then you'll be the first to know when that gets released. Great. Well, I want to thank, uh, take the opportunity to thank Fiona Stevens, the head of marketing at Loyalty Line, for joining us on today's episode of Total Retail Tech Insights, telling us a little bit about the work that Loyalty Line is doing to help create those long-lasting customer relationships that can lead to sustainable e-commerce growth. So thank you, Fiona. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information on this podcast, please check out our podcast channel page at mytotalretail.com slash podcasts for show notes. Total Retail Tech Insights is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe on our podcast channel page as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to rate and review this podcast. Thanks, and until next time, this has been Total Retail Tech Insights.